Let's get it. What's up? What's up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I love to hear that. We are less than two weeks away from training camp and just 16 days from the preseason beginning for our Memphis Grizzlies. There's so much stuff today we're going to get into. We have a question for every Grizzlies player going into training camp. And we also have some rumors the Grizzlies possibly going to the Eastern Conference in the coming years. We're going to get into all that and more. But first, Cooper, tell uh, tell the world about your vacations, man. How you been? How you been living? It's good to see you back in the M. Uh, man, first one we went to, uh, I know I mentioned it, concert in Atlanta. We got to see One Republic, Need to Breathe, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Money well worth spent. Uh, then just kind of chilled out at the pool and everything, uh, watched some football, first week of college football. Um, and last week, we went to the beach down in Destin. Um, and I ain't even been to the beach that much, but uh, it was it was super nice. I ate a lot of good food, um, watched a lot of good football. And so it, it was two good vacations back-to-back, but now we're back on the grind. Now I got to get back in work shape. But <laughs> <laughs> heard that, man. I know you, you were texting me the entire time. I'm like, man, I'm fiending to talk about the Grizzlies. I'm fiending to talk about the Grizzlies. So, I mean, it shows your commitment to to this and the entire thing, bro. And um, for those of you that don't know, we're also dabbling in football now. So if you're a football fan alongside a Grizzly fan, then you're going to be interested in more of our content as well. But let's get into these questions for every Grizzly player. Shout out to Jacob Ellerby. He's a site head at Beale Street Bears, where I just got hired. My first article is coming Friday. So be on the lookout for that. I'll post that to our feed. But Jacob Ellerby came up with an article for a question for all Grizzly players going into training camp. The first one being Steven Adams. We've been seeing videos of him shooting the three ball, the tray ball, something I never thought I'd see. He's really going into a contract extension negotiation period. And his question for him is, is he going to utilize this three-point shot during the season, possibly further extend his uh, contract talks? Do you think we're going to see SA shooting threes next year, Coop? I'm going to put the over and under at like two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the reason I'm putting it there is I think those are going to be half court heats. I don't, at the end of the, at the end of the day, I just don't think our offense is geared towards a two shooting bigs. Like we have Jaron when he comes back or whatever, but I don't think we really need SA to be down there or out there. Cause I mean, you and I both know why we love him. He's down in the paint and he's literally getting every offensive rebound. Um, so I think that's his best weapon is those second chance points that we always get because of them. But how you feeling? You want to see him shoot a couple threes with that janky shot? I just want to see a couple. I just want to see a couple. <laughs> give me, give me three, four, five of them hosts for the entire season. I'm chilling. Like, you know, like late shot clock, like Steven yeah. Adams step back, hezzy, pull up. Like, yeah, I'm here for it, dog. But I don't think like it's gonna be a serious thing. I think it's a fun question to ask. And dude, if he like starts shooting the ball, like even get like approaches like Jaron Jackson's like shooting percentage from three, uh, the be- the price of the bag's going up for sure. So that's going to be scary hours, definitely. Um, the next player is a guy that uh, you you were really high on, especially after his dunk against the Phoenix Suns and Santi Aldama and Jacob Ellerby's question. By the way, I'm going to link this article in the description as well. His question for Santi is, can he compete for a starting spot for Jaron Jackson Jr. while he's out? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that I mean we've talked numerous times who's starting at that Jaron Jackson spot um, while he's out, and the timetable for his return is still kind of up in the air. We really don't know a distinct date. 
which I don't think we ever do with the Grizzlies because right. <laughs> uh, they're definitely cautious, but they're also tight to the, close to the vest. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think he can. Um, I, I'm still not ruling him out to be the game one starter. I think it's going to be a guy like Zaire, a guy that's had valuable starter minutes. So I, re- I really – I can see it. Um, and I honestly think you and I both kind of think it's a make or break year for him. Um, I, I Prove what you got. Uh, I saw it in spurts. I can say – I guess I could say in the summer league you had that one incredible game against Brooklyn where he was just unstoppable. But then the rest of the games were kind of me. So right. I'll be interested to see. That's a great question for Santi Aldama, though. I feel like he has like some of the most amount of pressure on him going into training camp because you have, you know, four new rookies coming into camp with you. You're going into your second year. You really didn't work your way into a solid rotational piece last year. If he could do that this year, it's going to be big time for him, but he's got to show up in training camp in my opinion. 1000% is going to start on the practice floor. Uh, Taylor Jenkins doesn't play. Um, he wants to see you given 110% everywhere, not just on the, in the, in the middle of the games. Absolutely, man. Let's move into Desmond Bain. And his question is, teams know that Des has arrived. Will he be able to continue his incredible growth with a bigger focus from defenses next season? Can he continue to take a leap, basically, while defenses know that, you know, he's he's more than just a second-year guard? Oh, 1,000%. All-star Bain, here we come. We're going to yeah. have two all-stars on this Memphis Grizzly team, and I think Desmond Bain's going to be that. Think about it. Jaron Average. I think I don't remember the exact number, but I mean, all of Jaron's points have to be come from somewhere, right? It's so, probably going to be a little bit of jaw. It's probably going to be a little bit of whoever fills in for him. But even if it's Santi or Zaire, I'm not expecting them to be a 20 point per game scorer. Desmond, on the other hand, I can see being a 25 point per game scorer, and we will need it, especially with Jaron out. I mean, Des is lethal, um, and he got better on his handles. So people can't just Kyle Corver standing in the corner, catch and shoot three type of guy. Uh, he will hit you from all phases, and I think Dez is in for a really, really big year. I do too, man. I think all-star Dez could definitely be a possibility because going into his third year, he's going to take another leap. He was in MIP contention last year. There's a guy named John Morant who beat him out for that award and then left it at his house because he knew that Desmond deserved it as well. But, yeah, I think Desmond Bain, he's still going to take a leap because last year, like two years ago, this is a guy that, you know, couldn't really bring the ball up the court by himself. They put the ball in his hands in summer league and, you know, nine points a game turned into 17 points a game. Hopefully it can be 20 plus this year. I could definitely see Desmond Bain taking another leap. Facts, facts. And I, I think, I mean, he talks about summer league being a great help for him. So uh, hopefully some other guys that we're going to talk about a little further on this list, summer league helped them a little bit. Absolutely, bro. Let's move into Dylan Brooks. Controversial player at that on this Grizzlies roster. What sort of Dylan Brooks are the Grizzlies going to get after the young veteran had a turbulent playoff run? We're going to get the Dylan Brooks everybody knows and loves. You're going to get the same Dylan. I mean, let's just be honest. It's a love-hate relationship with Dylan Brooks. I mean, I remember days, including those playoffs, where I'm sitting there scratching my head asking sweet little baby Jesus what he's doing. Um, And it's just one of those things. you, You love or hate Dylan. I'm fully in the camp. I mean, you and I sat there and went through like 12 small forwards. Uh, and I think there was only one or two that we were like, yeah, we'd take him over Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, we like Dylan. He fits the mold perfectly. He is the culture king <laughs> down here in the 901. Um, I love him. Just be the 3 and D guy that you always have been. 
Um, hopefully Taylor Jenkins, I mean, they've talked a lot about it. The media's talked a lot about it. Can Dylan shoot when he needs to shoot and pass the ball when he needs to pass the ball? Hopefully they can get that out of him. But as long as we're getting the defensive side, I could care less what he does on the uh, offensive side. I just need that defense. Absolutely. I can make the argument that like we need Dylan Brooks this year now more than ever because with Jaron Jackson out for you know the short, brief period of time that he's going to be out the first one to two months, our perimeter defense is going to have to be absolutely elite. And outside of Dylan Brooks, yes, you have Desmond Bain, but there's really no you know perimeter lockdown defenders to be found on this roster besides him. He's going to have to be really, really elite because Jaron's not going to be there to erase all these shots at the rims. So I think it's an important year for Dylan. He's going into a contract year. He's going to be motivated. I hope the contract thing doesn't weigh on him where he's forcing shots that he doesn't have to take. I hope, you know, he finally does what everyone's been asking, and that's pass the ball. And when you're hot, you know, you can take the shot. But shooting the ball 15 to 20 times a game, I don't want to see. And he's going to be tempted to do so with Jaron Jackson out. Yeah, 1,000%. But – we also know how the last time Dylan Brooks was in a contract year, uh, we saw. I don't remember it. if it was January or February. Yeah, but I man, that February. Where he was yeah. insane. I mean, like forty-five percent from three, like twenty points per game, and the Grizzlies went on like this crazy run. And then you see Dylan Brooks get signed, and then like March was just pitiful, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. He, he so, was in his bag, man. He was in his yeah. bag. Um, the next player on this list, a guy you and I went to high school with, and Kennedy Chandler. Jacob Ellerby's question is what does Kennedy need to do in training camp and the preseason to steal backup minutes from Tyus Jones? What does he need to do, Coop? Ooh, um, dang. I don't know. Um, I think that's a tough one just because I think because of how much you signed Tyus Jones for, I don't see him really stealing minutes. Um, I think, um, and I'm, I'm going to steal the quote. I'm going to steal it from Bruno because I love what he said. Embrace the G league. Um, I, I hate saying it, but Kennedy's going to be spending a good amount of time in South Haven playing at the Lander Center for the hustle. Embrace it. Go out there and literally show that you're the best player. Be like, I was drafted to be in the NBA, not the G League. Yeah. That's what you got to prove. You got to embrace that. You're going to be the smallest guy on the court every night. Um, no turnovers, and can you hit a three? I think those two things are what I'm going to be looking at. Um, and can you effectively play make for others? Um, I think those are the three things Kennedy – he, he's shown he can do at times, but can you do it in the NBA level um, against other NBA-type guards? Absolutely. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to steal any time, but if he does, it's going to be purely based off his defense. We saw the way he shot the ball in summer league, unfortunately. But Kennedy Chandler, his steals, the long arms he has, he can be you know a point guard, lockdown defender type if he wants a long career in this league, I think there's any way he steals minutes from Tyus is going to be on the defensive end because Tyus, I mean, we we've seen his floater game. We have seen the big threes he made, especially in that Minnesota series. So it's not going to be offensively. It's going to be defensively for sure for Kennedy. 1000%. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I totally forgot. I mean, his defense was electric in the summer league. So I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. Let's go into the pogo stick himself and Brandon Clark. Can the Grizzlies and the dynamic forward work out a long-term extension before the clock strikes midnight on October 17th? So can they land a contract extension with Brandon Clark before October 17th? What do you think they do, Cooper? I don't think they do. Um, I think I think Brandon's going to be a 
nice trade uh, target for uh, the uh, trade deadline. Um, that's just kind of how I'm feeling right now because I feel like if he was going to have a contract, he would have already had one because um, I feel like – I just don't know. I just feel – I just feel like they would have already had a contract for him. So I'm kind of thinking that Brandon Clark might be uh, a nice little young piece uh, to send somewhere and get something back. I don't even know. But I, I just don't think that we get a long-term deal signed out with him. Yeah, I don't see it either. I, I, I don't know, man. The fit – has never really been there. And with Jaron out now, Brandon's really going to suffer. We saw what he was in his second year without Jaron Jackson most of the year. And last year, he revitalized his value because he was playing the four slot right next to uh, Trip. So who knows what he's going to be this year. Hopefully his trade value doesn't diminish too much. I was really against trading Brandon Clark and then Jordan Clarkson's name has been in rumors and I have just been salivating over him before it was even rumored like Cooper. We, we have the film, we can go back to it, but yeah, I, I really want to see him as a trade piece as well. Cause I don't spacing. It's all about drama ran at this point. If you can't space the floor, yeah. I don't know if I want you. Steven Adams can, is more of a utility guy. We don't need another utility guy. I think um, spacing is what it comes down to for BC. Yeah, and I, I wasn't gonna say it because I didn't I didn't need the world to know that I'm all in on Jordan Clarkson now too. I was Utah Jazz might be uh, an appealing place for Brandon Clark, and I knew you were gonna assume Jordan Clarkson. So the fact <laughs> that you brought it up without me even having to like nudge it to you was perfect. Yeah, it was. It's like that mind muscle connection. It's almost like we recorded like an hour and fifteen minute podcast together yesterday or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my shout god. Shout out to shout out to Utah Jazz best offseason, but we're on Grizz talking. Yeah, on. I am not sleeping on that. I can't wait to cut that up. I haven't had time though. I woke up this morning, by the way, because I wanted to cut that footage today. I woke up this morning and I go on YouTube and John Morant was on like one of the biggest uh podcasts or athletic podcasts yeah. in the world in the pivot. Dude, I watched the entire thing. I have so much shit I want to make out of that. I already dropped a video on it, him explaining why he's trash talking. But, dude, yeah. you have to watch it. I don't know if you have yet, but you have to. All right. It's, no, I, I heard about it, and I want to watch it. So I'm glad you, you've already seen it. It's amazing, dude. You know who Ryan Clark is? That He does NFL stuff for ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's his podcast, dude. He they do okay. an incredible job. It's it's so good, man. He was talking about that. He was talking about lady issues, and they got it. They fed him like they're sponsored by the Seltzer, and they kind of gave him one. And he kind of opened up a little bit once he started uh, getting some drink in him too. It was funny as hell, man. He said he'd dunk on Jesus if he was under there. He'd pray afterwards and still hope he goes to heaven. Shout was wild, and man, but yeah, it was a must watch for sure. Shout out to Pivot, man. Let's move into Danny Green. This is an obvious question, man. Should the Grizzlies keep or move on from the injured three-time NBA champion? Yeah, we played the devil's advocate on this one uh, while I was in Atlanta. Um, and I'm kind of team keep them for the leadership aspect um, and playoff aspect, championship aspect. I mean, there's a lot of things the Grizzlies kind of, quote-unquote, were lacking this year with the lack of playoff run, the lack of championships, the lack of veterans. Um, so I think he brings all that to you. And I did recently see something where it's saying that the Grizzlies are not playing to trade Danny Green. He is going to be on this team. So I'm thinking he's going to be a Grizzly. Um, to what extent, I really don't know. I think – I do really believe that – and we haven't gotten to this player yet, but I think if there's there's a few rookies and a second-year player that if they play anywhere near above where they played last year or for the rookies, I mean, I guess 
if they play really well their rookie season, I think they might change their guard on training Danny Green potentially. But uh, I'll be interested to see. I think I think he stays though. I'm the same way. I'm I'm team keep him as well. I think we need his leadership around these young guys, especially with the big head they're getting. Hopefully, you know we can stay the course of being you know young Rottweilers, but you know keeping keeping uh staying grounded i should say because the cockiness can get a little excess excessive sometimes although i love every every minute of it let's go yeah yeah, absolutely bro uh let's go into jaron jackson jr this one is another simple one one you would expect to ask but will jackson have the same issues you know aka excessive fouling inconsistent scoring when he returns from this offseason injury do you think he comes back and has the same problems coop to be honest, I don't remember the excessive fouling being an issue during the regular season. Not as much as it was in the playoffs. Now, granted, I understand the playoffs. Bro, we hit I'll, on it all the time. I was pulling stats from that T-Wolf series today. Guess how many fouls he averaged in that series? Five, four, five, five. 5.2. He had 31 fouls in six games. Yeah, that's what. But see, that's the thing. I don't really remember him having stretches where he was fouling like out of games back to back to back like that. I don't yeah. really remember that. I, and I just think it was like the fact that we were in a playoff series, and the other coach was like, "Hey, we're not winning a ball game if that dude's on the court. We got to get him out of there and disrupt the Grizzlies. So mm-hmm. let's just go at him, get him to foul." And so mm-hmm. I think he just kind of got targeted with that. So I don't think the excessive fouling uh, is going to be a, as bad of an issue as it was in that Timberwolves series. Yeah, I really, I really hope it's not, to be honest, but I still see both the issues being there when he gets back because you're not going to be able to, I mean, I think he's going to be rusty on top of it too. I don't think it's going to be the all NBA defender Jaron we're used to seeing. That's what scares me. I don't want to start back from square one with him with not only because you're right, man, the excessive fouling was not there as much in the regular season, although it still was there. But in the playoffs, I mean, it was just completely outrageous. I mean, he averaged like 20 minutes per game against Minnesota. And we, I mean, you and I know from talking about that after every game, how frustrated we were there. But I think they both will be there. Hopefully we can work through it. If he somehow takes a leap this year, I'd be shocked. But, you know, I'm here for it. I think you you hit on the thing that I'm worried about the most. It's the rust. Um, Because obviously you're not really getting to like, focus on basketball things because you can't really put pressure on your leg to do anything like that. Um, I mean, I remember after he got his contract and he started out, I think he had like two, maybe three games where he was just really, really good, looked like the old Jaron Jackson, the rest were rusty. Um, mm-hmm. And people were calling for his head, calling for the Grizzlies head. Why in the world would you tra- uh, sign this man to a long-term deal? And then he started – he got the, his feet back under him. Uh, so I think the biggest question mark for me is going to have to be that rust that you hit on. Uh, how rusty is he coming off of another uh, ankle injury? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not repeat injuries and he's out for a long time too. That's the you know at the top of my list with him. I can handle the rust. I can handle all the other shit, but just please be healthy for another season. You know, it, especially coming off this man. Let's go into our backup point guard just resigned and Tyus Jones. Does he become expendable if Kennedy Chandler arrives sooner than expected? Then basically what he's saying is, could he be a trade piece if Kennedy kind of, you know, has a breakout season? 1,000%. Um, because, I mean, I, I they signed him for two years for a reason. Hmm. They drafted Kennedy and signed him for two – or, well, vice versa. They signed him for two years and they ended up drafting Kennedy. Um, 
they're we always talk about how the Grizzlies have an ulterior motive. They know what they're doing. They're four steps ahead. Um, Kennedy starts balling out, and it's like one of those things where they you have to put them on the court. Mm-hmm. Tyus Jones does become expendable. Now, granted, they are still going to lean to Tyus because the Grizzlies needed three point yards last year. Because I love John Moran as well. He he finds a way <laughs> to get banged up with how physical he plays for his stature. Um, and having three point guards is a really nice luxury for us due to that fact because of how athletic of a point guard we have. So I think it's all going to depend more so on John Rant's health than it will on Kennedy Chandler's progression, if that makes sense. I agree, man. I think that – I don't know how I feel about Tyus. I think that he's – I don't see any way that Kennedy takes minutes, to be honest. If he arrives early, I think Tyus – because the thing about Tyus Jones, he plays so well alongside Ja, dude. Like, I just don't see that thing happening. But, you know, if it does, he could be expendable. I mean, I see where he's coming from for sure. Let's move into – let's just quick hit these rookies real quick. Um, we're going to start with Jake LaRavia. Was Jake LaRavia's summer league performance a fluke or a sign that he's a long ways away from being a regular member of the rotation? Yeah, uh, his, his summer league was not uh, impressive. But he's one of the guys that I'm thinking with Danny Green. If he shows out and plays well um, – and makes Danny Green more expendable, then that, that's giving you your answer. And so I'm hoping that he can uh, figure out that you can shoot the ball. I felt like he was just sitting there. He's like, oh, I can't shoot it past. Right, and, exactly. And um, if he would understand that he – dude, you're in the corner because John Moran's going to get you a wide-open shot. Be willing to take it. So I think that's the biggest question mark with him. Uh, can, will you just shoot it? Yeah, I think the only way he plays on the floor or his plays himself well on the floor is if he's shooting at an extremely high clip in the G League. Let's move to Kenny Lofton. Um, he gets the same que- question as LaRavia, except on an opposite end. Can Kenny Lofton Jr. do uh, do during the regular season what we saw him in summer league? Obviously, he was great in summer league, so basically can he you know, repeat that in the league? Replicated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's not going to be in the league. He's definitely going to be a two-way guy. He's got to work on his defense with his size. So, Kenny Lofton is definitely going to be a ways away. I agree. I think he needs to slim down before he see, sees the floor as well. Uh, David Roddy, could Roddy be the most NBA-ready out of all the rookies in the Grizzlies uh, on the Grizzlies roster? Yes, in my opinion. 1,000%. Yeah, 1,000%. Uh, as soon as we drafted him, we knew he was the most NBA-ready, and he's the most versatile. He's literally our P.J. Tucker. Absolutely. Could Vince Williams play min- meaningful minutes during the season as a three and D player? No, I don't see it. Do you? <laughs> no, not at all. He's going to be a G leaguer, two way contract guy. Absolutely, for sure. All right, let's. John Morant, we're going to hit last. I want to get into a guy you like real quick and Xavier Tillman with the Grizzlies dangle Tillman in trade scenarios to satisfy a roster crunch or get veteran help before the regular season begins. Do you see us using X as a trade piece? Sadly, yes. Um, I, I wish they would use him because I feel like X really does play really well for us when we use him. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like he gives you the ability when there's a tough matchup uh, scenario where you can't really play Steven Adams, i.e. the Minnesota Timberwolves series, and you can insert Xavier Tillman. It does help. But Tillman's biggest question is, is that three-point shot. He shot it pretty efficiently his rookie year, and that's why he played as much as he did. I mean, he started playoff minutes for us. Um can he can he shoot it again? Uh, he, he has not shot it very well uh, in recent years, in recent games. Not even in the G League, or not not G League, not even in the summer league did he shoot it very well. So I I, I can't see him getting dangled 
Um, I mean, I saw him getting dangled for a specific man named Jordan Clarkson uh, recently. So I think they're already doing it. I I think they are as well. Uh, Let's get into Jitty for the city. John Conchar. Will he fend off a hot shot? Upstart rookies for the basically, will he replace Kyle Anderson or DeAnthony Melton? Do you think he can replace those minute wise and production wise? Sixth man of the year, John Conchar. Here we come. Yo, okay. Six man Jitty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's gonna he's gonna play meaningful minutes. He out rebounds anybody in his position. Um, he's electric uh both ways of the court because he just is always in the right place he's a great basketball player he knows where to be um i think he's going to be a vital piece for us in our rotation this year i do too i think he's going to be everyone knew d'anthony melton's name because of statistics last year national wise you know and i feel like john contrar is a name nobody knows nationally right now after this season they will know his name absolutely no doubt in my mind about it um, let's go into a subject I think that we're going to disagree on and Zaire Williams, uh, Jacob writes here, everyone is banking on Williams to make a Bane like leap in year two of his NBA career. Will he be able to deliver or will he need more seasoning? What do you think? Coop? All right. First off, shout out Zaire. I forgot to tell him happy birthday. Him and Taylor Jenkins birthday was, uh, yesterday, Monday, I think. Monday. Uh, yeah. 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 Monday, uh, he had his first legal alcoholic beverage because um, he's 21. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm going to go with this. He's 21 years old, super young. Um, I think he does improve. I think we're being unrealistic with Bane-like expectations. Doesn't Bane doubled his production? He went from, I think you said, 9 to 17 to 18. He was literally doubled the production, and he still shot at 45%. Yes. That's insane. Like that does not happen very often. Um, and so I do see Zaire jumping and I do see Zaire playing really, really well. I don't see it as a box score thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be more eye test development than he is box score development. Cause he still has a ways to go with like being able to get his sh- shot off the dribble and everything like that. Like it comes in spurts, but I don't think he's to the level of Desmond Bain. I'm going to average 25 for you. Um, I don't think he's going to fill the box score like that. I think he's going to be a really efficient basketball player that does the right things, and he's going to improve on the things he struggled with last year. I'm glad you and I are on the same level with this because this this Bane expectation is out the window for me. There's there's no way in hell that happens. It's the, Zaire Williams. Like you look at Desmond Bain in summer league last year, he was obviously the best player on the floor, and that yeah. was apparent. Zaire was never that at this year's yeah. summer league. And like you said, I'm with you. He's going to have improvements. He will. He's 21 years old. He doesn't need to have that leap right now, but he does need to improve, and I think he will. It's not going to be you know, nearly 20 points a game like Desmond Bain was. I was pulling the statistics from Des from that Timberwolves series today, and he – Average not only 50 40 90, but damn near 50 50 90. In that six game series, he was 50% from the field, 49% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. Like, that is ridiculous. That is all star Desmond Bain level talent. I don't think Zaire Williams is going to be doing that in his second year in any playoff series. No. Um, but like I was saying, I think he's going to be more, I think he's going to be more under the Dylan mold with a little. Absolutely. Like I think I think he's going to be more under the ball, and he's just already learned what Dylan clearly hasn't, and he will pass the ball. He won't shoot every three he gets to see. 
um, which I love. Um, I just think he's going to be – I can see him being around the 12 to 15 point per game mark, and I think that's perfect for me. Yeah. Uh, but I just need you to shoot 35 to 42% from three is what I need out of Zaire. I just want to see like a some smidget of shot creation from him, just a little bit, bro. Like, because I I have not seen any from him yet, and hopefully we can see that in his third year, and I think we can. Um, Killian Tilly is our final one, I believe, before John Morant. Uh, we'll do this real quick. Will Tilly survive final roster cuts? I don't think he will. Sadly, no. I love Killian Tilly, but I don't think he will. All right, let's hit this final one. Sir John Morant, what more is there for Morant to do individually other than aim for NBA MVP? What do you want to see out of John Morant? What do I want to see? Well, I want to see a dunk contest. Uh, he won't too. ever do it, but I want to see a dunk contest so bad. I want to um, see All-NBA first and I want to see All-NBA first team. I was just about to say it. Um, I want to – honestly, this is more of just a selfish and, like, biased Grizzly fan. I want to see more, like, in the All-Star game. Like, he was an All-Star starter, and I think he played, like, the least amount of minutes on that team. Yes. Um, I want to see more. Like, that's the – I hate the All-Star game. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh-huh. I'm not an all-star game type person. I like the three-point contest. I like the dunk contest, except the dunk contest of the past few years. Been yeah. um, and the skills challenge is awesome. I love that stuff. Um, the all-star games, it, it's just one of those things that you just watch the highlights and you've seen what you need to see. Um, but he literally made like two of the craziest plays in that game and then he never played again. Um, so I want to see that. But before you said – uh, other than reach for the NBA MVP, I was going to say reach for the MVP MVP because I think he can do it, um, especially with Jaron out. The, it, he's going to be that bag on the shoulder or bag on the, bag on the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you average thirty? Can you average yeah. thirty? Can you shoot? Can you shoot better from three? You you started improving at places, but uh, sky's the limit for John Morant. Uh, I agree. And Ja got asked what his new goals were in that podcast. Uh, the pivot podcast I was telling you about. And at the top of his list was winning a championship. Uh, He wants to do that. Not only does he want to win a championship, he wants to be finals MVP. Of course, he mentioned MVP as well. And another thing that, you know, on the surface was what everyone's been saying. He wants to be a more consistent shooter. He said that, but then he went into the, if I'm a more consistent shooter, I don't have to take contact at the rim anymore and me not taking contact at the rim means I can be available more because all three years he's had an injury that has taken him taken him out and for him to be even in consideration for MVP he's got to play north of 70 games and he has not you know been available to do that so I thought that was very mature of him to say as well 1000% I love seeing my superstar say that because exactly. I mean that he's literally telling you he understands that the best ability best ability is availability Absolutely. um which, to an extent, he's been really good at. But last year, you and I remember the Hawks game vividly. Um, it, it sucks. Um, granted, having the team we have, everybody's going to act like you didn't miss him very much. But we did. Believe me, we did. Yes, Because um, you were also playing some scrubs. Absolutely. Um, but, like, best of best ability is availability. And I'm, I'm so glad that Josh's preaching that. Absolutely. What I got out of all these questions is Desmond Bain's going to be an all-star. Is that what you got? Because that's what I got. Yeah, 1,000%. And John Conchar is going to be sixth man of the year. (laughs) Okay, all right. We'll we'll go ahead and end this bitch now. (laughs)
<laughs> Defensive Player that. of the Year, MVP, all, two All Stars, a couple All NBA for the culture. Best team in the NBA. We're breaking the eighty-two and zero record. Let's do it. it. It, it's all, it. we're all in let's do it brother well coop thank you so much bro it was fun as always getting this grizz talk in every thursday at 11 a.m we hear we hear we hear um y'all make sure to mash that like button subscribe and uh cooper i hope you have a great night my friend yes sir you too <laughs>